Hello there. How are you doing today? You feeling ready for Halloween yet? Jasper and I have been since the start of August, so it's fun that everyone else is finally catching up. I couldn't sleep last night, so after an hour of trying to count black goats, I ended up researching Irish Halloween traditions, and, you know, it's amazing how much it's influenced the way we celebrate today. Since I was awake anyway, I thought I may as well prepare a snack for our customers. Now, several of the Irish traditions include food, which is music to my ears. Perhaps most well known is the Barnbrack cake. It's a sort of fruit bread which was used in one of several divination practices of the time. The baker must include a coin, a thimble, a rag, a pea, and a ring in each cake. If you find the rag, you should expect money troubles. If you find a coin, well, it's pretty self-explanatory. The thimble proved you would end up a spinster, and finding a ring was not only a sign of impending romance, but also continued happiness if you were already in a relationship. The pea, strangely enough, meant good health. If you had a barn brack, it was important that a slice was left outside on a plate before you went to bed. Failure to do this would result in passing fairies, or pukas, placing a curse on the household. I prefer my cakes without metal or fabric in them, so you're safe if you fancy a slice. Colcannon is another traditional dish, consisting of mashed potato, with either kale or cabbage mixed in, depending on where you were brought up in Ireland. It's said that if you fill a sock with colcannon and then hang it from the handle of your front door, the next man to come through would be your future husband. Ireland has celebrated on October the 31st for centuries. All the traditions we know today in the UK seem to originate from the Irish Gaelga festival of Samhain, which dates back over 2,000 years. Many important events in Ireland's mythology come from this very evening. It was the time of year when cows were brought down from the summer pastures and when farmers decided which livestock would be slaughtered and salted for the winter. Crops were gathered and stored, the reaper careful to leave a few stalks behind. This was called the puka's share, and failure to provide would cause the nocturnal hobgoblin to destroy next year's crops and bring on a famine. It's said that Samhain is the one night a year where the veil is thin enough for spirits to enter the world of the living. Huge bonfires were lit each year to ward off evil. Many believed that a strong and powerful light would keep the dark forces in check and that the fires would mimic the sun, holding back the dark of the oncoming winter. Now back then, the 1st of November was considered the new year and the people of Ireland wanted to move into it as safely as possible. If you are unlucky enough to encounter a spirit on Samhain, you risk being stolen away, so the practice of dressing up in disguises or costumes became common. In different areas of the UK, this has been referred to as mumming, guising and souling. It was believed that if a spirit passed you, they would assume that you were another evil being, and if all went well, they'd nod in your direction and move on. Today, fancy dress is an essential part of Halloween celebrations. While it seems to be reserved for children and students, traditionally it would have been common for all ages to dress up. 
It's interesting that as the years have gone on, many adults choose to dress in, shall we say, less than scary attire. Let's hope they don't run into any fairies on their travels. As I said before, divination was an important part of the Samhain celebrations. It was a time for predictions, often of romance. Many a young girl would be blindfolded and let out into the cabbage fields to pull up the first one they could find. If the roots had earth still attached, then their beloved would be wealthy. In order to find out their future husband's personality, they would eat a leaf. If it was sweet, then they were in luck. If it was bitter, well, that speaks for itself. Perhaps the most common motif of Halloween today is the jack-o'-lantern. Most people are aware that the lantern is intended to keep spirits away. Not many, however, know that originally these lanterns were carved from turnips and sometimes swede. When thousands of Irish people emigrated to America following the potato famine, they found the vegetable in short supply and the closest thing they could find was the humble pumpkin. Jack-o'-lanterns always seem like an American name to me, but in fact this too is based in Irish folklore. An Irish blacksmith known as Stingy Jack was cursed to walk in the darkness for eternity before he carved a turnip to light his way. The tale goes like this. One day, Jack met the devil and invited him for a drink. True to his name, Jack decided not to pay for the drinks, but instead convinced Satan to transform himself into a coin that Jack could use. As soon as it was done, Jack placed the coin in his pocket next to a silver cross, which meant that the devil could not change back. Now Jack eventually agreed to free him as long as the devil promised he would leave Jack alone for one year and that upon Jack's death, his soul would not be condemned to hell. One year later, the devil appeared again. This time, Jack convinced him to climb a tree to pick an apple. While he was up there, Jack carved a sign of the cross into the bark so the devil could not come down. The devil was furious and demanded to be let down. But for this, Jack wanted another 10 years of peace. When the devil reluctantly agreed, the piece of bark was cut from the tree. When Jack eventually died, he was shocked to find that heaven refused him entry. Now, the devil was understandably still furious and took particular delight in telling Jack that with no entry into heaven and the strict contract they had made which forbade the devil from taking his soul to hell, he would spend the rest of eternity wandering purgatory in the darkness. Jack cried out that he did not want to be in the darkness and he needed a light. In a final malicious act, the devil threw him a flame plucked from hell, which would never go out. The heat savagely burnt Jack's fingers before he came across a turnip, which he carved holes into and trapped the flame inside. In Irish mythology, he became known as Jack of the Lantern and is said to carry his turnip to this day, the light spilling onto the path every Halloween. With the number of pumpkin carving related injuries every year, it seems that maybe Jack is still winning. When I was a kid, I had several friends who were obsessed with horses. You know the type. They always seem to have those hobby horses lying around. Now, it'll probably surprise you, as it did me, 
that they've actually been around for hundreds of years. In Southern Ireland during the 19th century, these horses had skulls rather than heads and were carried by a man dressed in white bedsheets. I know, bear with me. He would lead a group of youths who blew on cow horns and paraded from farm to farm each year on Halloween. The white mare was a recognisable symbol that the Halloween festivities had begun. To be honest, the adult men in white sheets were probably a giveaway. At each house they visited, the men would recite verses which savoured strongly of paganism, and the farmer was expected to donate food. If he did, he could expect good fortune. If he didn't, he could expect misfortune, bought by Muck Oller. Another interesting story is about the devout. People who considered themselves holy would anoint farm animals with holy water to keep them safe during All Hallows' Eve. If the animals were to show signs of poor health, they would be spat on to ward off evil spirits. Hmm. Ireland, as you can see, is rich with history. My lovely friend Mandy is proof that today, as always, Halloween is something to be enjoyed and celebrated by all. Growing up in Kerry, she spent every Halloween near a bonfire with cousins and friends, faces hot and souls happy. Modern Ireland is still a scream. The Derry Halloween Carnival Parade is infamous. There's a four-day Bram Stoker festival in Dublin, which culminates in Dracula's disco. Many small villages have their own festivities, keeping the fires lit and welcoming all wandering souls into the fold. After all, the warmth of Irish hospitality is well known. The only rules they ask you to follow are get in the spirit and don't come as you are. So, there you have it, my friend. I hope these spooky tales have piqued your interest. Perhaps this year you'll carve a turnip instead of a pumpkin or maybe eat raw cabbage leaves instead of swiping right. Whichever you decide to do, make sure you take precautions to avoid any pukas that wish to steal you away in the night. <laughs>